Well, hello everybody. Welcome everyone on social media here to Summit Church in Fenton, Missouri. Welcome everyone here in the congregation. So glad you've joined us today. Hey, uh, uh, I have a, a message here that's been on my heart that I want to share with you. And I trust it, it'll be a blessing to you. You know, uh, after a tragic loss has occurred, have you ever heard someone say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away? Has anybody ever heard that beside me? And uh, this statement was made by Job, Job in the Old Testament. And, you know, Job was the richest man in the East. He was extremely blessed uh, and protected by God. And uh, he had just received word that he had lost his possessions and that all of his children had been killed. Now you think about that. And when he got that news, he made the following statement in Job 1.21. Job 1.21 says, says this. And he said, this is what Job said after he got that tragic news. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that was a statement that Job made. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. And he made that statement after he received bad news. And so many people over so many years have used that statement when they've received bad news and they say, well, the Lord hath given and the Lord hath taken away. But, uh, but you know, what that statement implies is that God gives great blessings and we know that he does. But that statement really implies that at some point God is going to take all those blessings away. That's what that statement implies. Now, Job knew God, but Job did not have the revelation of God that we have. He did not have the Bible like we have. And so we're going to uh, come back. I'm going to come back to Job at the end of the message and say some things about him. But I was thinking about this statement, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And uh, now Job said that based on his revelation of what he knew. But I want to look at this statement based on the revelation that we have from the word of God. Something Job didn't have, but we do have. And so let's go into the Bible and see just what the Lord hath given us. And then let's see what the Lord hath taken away from us. So let's first start in the New Testament in the covenant in which we live and go in order the books of the Bible and see what the Lord, first of all, what hath he given us? Now, Matthew, the fourth chapter in the sixth verse says, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. So one thing that we know the Lord hath given us is he hath given us his angels and he's given them charge over us to protect us. That's a good thing. And then in Matthew 6, 11, the Bible says, uh, uh, as Jesus prayed to the Heavenly Father, he said, give us this day our daily bread. So we know that the Lord gives us our daily bread. That's another good thing. And then in Matthew 7, verse 7, uh, the Lord Jesus is, is praying and, he, and, and he's, he's speaking and he's teaching and he says, Your Father who is in heaven, uh, give good things to those who ask him. So we know that, that, that based on the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God, the Father, gives good things to those who ask him. And then in Matthew eleven twenty eight. The Lord Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So he gives us rest. These are all wonderful things, aren't they? And then in Matthew 13, 11, the Lord answered some folks there and said to them, uh, and actually he's talking to his disciples, and he says this, which are a representative group of you and me. He says in Matthew 13, 11, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. 
So, so that's something else that's been given to us to know as, as his disciples, as those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the heavenly father has given to us uh, uh, the, the ability to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He's made that knowledge available to us. And that's a wonderful thing, those wonderful mysteries. So that's been given to us. Matthew 16, 19, the Lord Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's a good deal, isn't it? Yes. We're talking about what hath the Lord given us. See, Job didn't have access to this information, but we do. And, and, and God has given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And he said, what the Lord said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We've been given that power and authority from God. These are all good things, aren't they? I don't see any bad things in here, do you? And then Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spoke to them, to his disciples, a representative group of you and me. And he said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This was after he was raised from the dead. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he looks at his disciples and he says, go therefore, which clearly implies that the authority that had been given him, he delegated that and gave that to us when he said, go therefore. And that's Matthew's account, but Mark's account makes it very clear that in this, in this declaration, Jesus has given us his name and the authority that is in it and, and the, the right to use it. That's a wonderful, powerful thing, isn't it? That, that, that he's given us his authority and he's given us his name. And then in Luke, the first chapter, the 77th verse, the Bible tells us that, that we've been given knowledge of salvation. That's a great thing. And then in verse 79, the, the Bible talks about God giving light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. See, at one time we all sat in darkness. We all sat in the shadow of death as unbelievers, as those who were cut off from the life of God. But I tell you what, God gave us light. And he gave that light through his son, Jesus Christ. And as we receive him, you know, we get saved. But aren't you glad that God has given us light, uh, light as we sat in darkness and as we sat in the shadow of death? He gave light to us and he gave knowledge of salvation. These are wonderful things. What has the Lord given us? He's given us knowledge of salvation. He's given us light. Praise God. Look at Luke 11. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, there's so many of these. You can't look them all up, but I'm, I'm just stating them. You can look them up later. You know, uh, I've, I've told those in the congregation to just kind of follow along with me because there's so many of these. If you try to look them up, it'd take me five hours to preach this. So I'm giving you the verses. You can look them up on your own time, but for the sake of flowing here and getting things in in a timely manner, I'm stating the verses and you can look them up later. But Luke 11, 13, Luke 11, 13, uh, uh, the Lord says, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Give the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a wonderful thing, is it? Is it? I mean, being, we've been given the Holy Spirit. We've not only been given the name of the Lord Jesus, but we've been given the precious Holy Spirit. I mean, he, the Bible says that he'll give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And then in Luke 12, 32, Jesus said, do not fear, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I mean, just one blessing right after another here. We've been given the kingdom of God. That's a wonderful thing. And then in John 4, verse 13, Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well and, uh, and, and he answered and said to her, he said, what, he said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Cause, you know, uh, uh, he was talking about the water that, that came out of that well. And he said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. You see, he's given us the waters of the fountain of everlasting life. Isn't that wonderful? What hath the Lord given us? He's given us the waters that if we partake of them, we'll never thirst again and we'll experience everlasting life. And then in John 14, verse 27 uh, the Lord Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace 
I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to to you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So what does this tell us? That the Lord has given us his peace. I mean, I mean, that's wonderful. The peace of God that passes all understanding. He has given us that peace. And then in Acts 4.12, the Bible says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Well, there it is again. God has given us his name. He's given us the name of the Lord Jesus, whereby when we call on that name, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And there's no other name that you can call on and be saved. Only the name of the Lord Jesus. There's only one way to God the Father, and that's through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we call on that name that's above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we we call on that name with a repentant heart, bless God, we get saved. We miss hell and we make heaven. Isn't that wonderful? So he's, he's given us his name. And then in Romans 8, 32 says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, isn't that wonderful? He's given us all things. That's wonderful. Romans 8.32. And then Romans 12.6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, God has given us grace. He's given us his unmerited favor. Everything we get from God, we didn't, we didn't, uh, uh, we didn't deserve. We didn't deserve anything. Nothing. Zero. Zip. Zilch. You understand that? We deserve nothing from God. But thank God for his grace. It's his unmerited favor. And the Bible just said right here that, that he has given us grace. And actually, as you study into this, not only has he given us his grace, his unmerited, undeserved favor, but he's also given each of us gifts differing. And each one has been given gifts by God. And they've been given to us as believers to bless others. And so we need to realize what those gifts are that he's given to us and then use them to bless others, you see. And then in 1 Corinthians 1 uh, verse 4, uh, the Apostle Paul says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Well, there it is again. He's been given, God has given us his grace. And, uh, and, and you just can't possibly overstate how wonderful that is, that we've been given the grace of Almighty God. We've been given His saving grace, for by grace you've been saved through faith. We've been given that. We've been, giving, we've been given serving grace. He, he's, his ability to serve in various capacities in the kingdom of God. And then He's given us a third type of grace, standing grace. Grace whereby we're able to stand in the midst of problems, in the midst of a storm. Are you glad for the grace of God? See, He's given that to us freely, you see. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.18, 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Because you see, at one point we were all cut off from God. But God reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now this is a wonderful, wonderful ministry that every believer has. And it's the ministry of reconciliation that, you know, what hath God given us? Well, one thing he's given us is the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? That means we're supposed to go out and tell other people about Jesus Christ and what he did for us on Calvary's cross, you know, and how that, that if a person will, a sinner will repent of their sins and believe on him and call on his name, that they can be saved and reconciled to God. This is a great gift that God has given each and every believer, the ministry of reconciliation. It's a ministry that we're supposed to, you know, and every, every believer has this ministry. Every single believer has this ministry to go out and tell others about Jesus Christ and, and, and get them reconciled to God, you see. And, and that's a ministry everyone has. And that is something that God has given to us and it is a precious, precious, precious 
thing. And we should all be taking, uh, we should all be using that ministry and operating in that ministry and flowing in that ministry. It's a great gift he's given us in order to go out and tell, you know, to go, to be able to go out and tell others about Jesus, you see. So let's, let, let's realize we've been given that ministry and we need to go out and, and, and flow in it and bring sinners to Christ. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Absolutely. And then Ephesians 1.17, Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he's given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And we all need that. It's available to us. He's given to that. He's given that to us. We need that. We need. I don't know about you, but I need wisdom. I need wisdom, right? And the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all man liberally. Is that right? Is that right? Over in the book of James? I don't even think I had that one in my notes, but that just came up. That's good. You know, and this is not an exhaustive list, by the way, what I'm giving you, you know. But but that's that's a good one, right? Uh, if any man lack wisdom, any man, woman, boy or girl lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth all, to, who giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not. And it shall be what? It shall be given him. So ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you liberally. And, 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 and that spirit of wisdom and revelation of the holy written word of God. Ask God for that. Believe him for that. Trust him for that. Paul was praying, you know, he was praying not only, I think, for, for himself, but he was praying for the church in Ephesus, you know. And it's clear he said that, that, the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, actually he's more specifically praying for this church in Ephesus. And he said that, the, that the, uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we need wisdom, the wisdom of God, and we need revelation of the word of God, revelation of the knowledge of Jesus, you see. And, and that's what what God wants to give us, let's just ask him for it. What do you say? And he'll give it to us lib- liberally. And then in Ephesians 4, 8, therefore, uh, this, this is Ephesians 4, 8. It says, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. This is when Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says he gave gifts unto men. And if you want to know what those gifts are, in verse 11 and 12 here, Ephesians uh, 4, 11 and 12, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Those are good gifts, aren't they? Those are good gifts. You're looking at one of those gifts standing before you right now. God's given me to the body of Christ to teach the word of God. I don't say that in a haughty way or anything, but it's a gift, you know, that God has given pastors and teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those are all good things, you see, that God has given to you as members of the body of Christ. And verse 12 says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's a good gift. What hath God given us? He's given you like here today. He's given you a teacher that's, that's standing before you, teaching you the word of God, edifying you. Don't you think this message is edifying? I think it's edifying. It, it ought to be encouraging and building you up. Praise God, you know. And uh, so it's a gift, a gift. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. God's given us these things. And then the book of Ephesians also tells us that God has given us his armor. Isn't that a good deal? We've been given the armor of God. And if I had about three or four hours, I could teach you on everything. Every single piece, but I'm not going to do it. Let's just move right on. But bless God, I've taught on it many times over the years. You know, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. Uh, you know, the, the the shoes of God, the shoes of peace, and all that. We've taught on that. But God's given that to us. You know, what hath the Lord given us? He's given us His name. He's given us His armor. He's given us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. On it goes. First Timothy six seventeen. The Lord gives us richly. All things to enjoy. That's a good one, isn't it? First Timothy six seventeen. The Lord gives us richly all things to enjoy. Second Timothy one seven says this: For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God's given us not a spirit of fear, but He's given us power. He, he's given us his love and he's given us a sound mind. Isn't that wonderful to know? He's given us these wonderful things. And then in 2 Peter uh, 1 verses 3 and 4, it says, The Lord has given 
to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. These are, these are wonderful things. It says, uh, I'll read it again. God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge uh, of Jesus, you know, through the knowledge of Him. And then verse 4 says, by which we have been given, by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. That's something else God has given us. I don't see where God's given us any bad stuff. Have you seen any bad things in here? He's a good God, isn't he? He's given us exceedingly great and precious promises. And the Bible's filled with them. And he's given those to us. 1 John 5, 11, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Praise God. Revelation 2 verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That's a good deal. I want a piece of that action. How about you? And then uh, Revelation 2.11. I'm sorry, Revelation 2.10. Revelation 2.10 says, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. My goodness. And then Revelation 2.21. Now this is something... Excuse me. This is something that gets overlooked. But it shouldn't be overlooked. It's one of the greatest gifts that God gives all of us. And the Bible says in Revelation 2.21, I gave her, speaking of this woman in this particular church, but it could apply and certainly does apply to all of us because the rest of the Bible bears it out. He said, I gave her time to repent. God has given each of us time, space to repent. And that is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful gift. He's given every sinner ample time to repent and turn to Jesus Christ. He really has. And every believer that misses it, like this woman here, in, in she was a part of the church there in, 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 in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 there. She was a part of that church. And, and she was active in that church and she was teaching things in that church. She was actually a minister in the church and she was doing things she shouldn't have been doing and teaching things she shouldn't have been teaching and heinous, terrible things. But God is so good. He gave her time to repent. I tell you what, this is, this is something that, that doesn't get, get talked about as far as, uh, very much as far as one of the great gifts that God has given us, but it's one of the best gifts of all. He's given us time to repent. Let's, uh, use that time wisely. What do you say? If, if we need, if, if we've done things that, that we shouldn't have done, let's use that time wisely and, and, and let's repent if we need to. And then that's the New Testament. But as far as what the Lord's given us, if we turn to the Old Testament, Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's a good one. And then Isaiah 61, if you paraphrase verse 3 and go in there and just, just paraphrase, paraphrase it, what they did years ago, they wrote a whole song based on this one verse. And, and, and it says, you've given me the oil of gladness. That's a good thing, isn't it? You've given me the oil of gladness. God's given us the oil of gladness. We ought to be glad as Christians. We ought to be sad. We ought to be happy. We ought to have smiles on our faces. There ought to be some life about us, you know. And uh, he's given us the oil of gladness, the garment of praise instead of mourning. There ought to be praise about us because God has given us the garment of praise as Christians. You know, there ought to be praise about us. There ought to be some life about us and praise unto God, you know. And then beauty for ashes. That's a good thing. He's given us beauty for ashes and he's given us glory in the place of despair. That's good, too, isn't it? Glory in the place of despair. Praise God. And then Proverbs 4, 2 says, he says this, I've given you good doctrine. God has given us the entirety of his word from Genesis to Revelation. Job didn't have really any of it. We, he really didn't. He had, he had very limited revelation of God. We've got Genesis to the book of Revelation. We've got full, full revelation of, of God. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? And, uh, and then somebody said, well, pastor, 
I've been listening to you very carefully go through here and you missed, you missed probably the most important one. No, I didn't miss the most important one. I just saved it for last here. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that word believe there doesn't mean just have a mental ascent. It means to sell your heart out to him and trust in him with everything that you have, you see. But God gave. This is the greatest gift of all here. He gave us his Son. He gave us Jesus his only begotten son. Isn't that the greatest gift of all? That's the greatest gift of all. Whoever believes in him, trusts in him, will not perish. That means go to hell one day, but will have everlasting life. That means get to, to be with the Lord for eternity. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So you see, we have seen what the Lord hath given. And, and I could go on and on and on. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's a pretty good list, isn't it? It's a pretty good one. I mean, I mean, if just half the things of what I said there were true, it'd be enough to dance all over the church, isn't it? But they're all true. I said they're all true, you know. Is that right? So what has the Lord given us? We've just, I've given you a pretty good list, you know. But now, in the last part of this message, let's see what the Lord has taken away from us. Let's see what he, because you know, he's taken some things from us, all right. He absolutely has. God hath taken some things away. Absolutely the truth. But it may, but it's not like what most people probably think when they make that statement, you know. Oh, the Lord hath given and the Lord hath taken away. And when people say that, you know, they're, they're thinking, well, you know, God blessed us, but now he's taken all those blessings away. That's the implication of that statement. You know that? You understand that. That's the implication. The Lord hath given. Oh, he's blessed us, but now he's come to take all those blessings away. Well, if you don't have a revelation of the Bible, you might think that. But if you have revelation of the word of God, you won't think that at all. See, God has taken some things away from us, all right, but it's not like... What the, what, what the people who make that statement think. Let me just show you here, the last part of this message, some of the things God has taken away from us. Is that, is that alright with everybody? Let's do that. Now I want you to turn to these. Colossians 2.14. Colossians 2.14. The Bible says, let's see what God has taken away from us. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, nailed it to his cross. That's a good thing that God took away from us. All the, all the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us, that were condemning us to a devil's hell. Jesus came and he took that out of the way. He took that away from us and he nailed it to his cross. That's a good thing to be, to have be, that's a good thing to have be taken away from you. It's not good English, but it's good theology and it's, and it's exciting, isn't it? Praise God. Is that right? The handwriting of requirements and ordinances that was against us, he has taken that away from us. He's taken it out of our way. See, that stood between us and heaven. And that it's, it's, it's those ordinances that was condemning us to hell. And Jesus came and he took that away from us. He took that out of the way and he nailed it to his cross when he died up there for us on that cross. Can anybody say amen? Glory to God. That's exciting, isn't it? And then... In Matthew eight seventeen, notice this, uh, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself, this is Jesus, and it's referring to Isaiah here, that, that he himself, Jesus, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That's what he took away. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? And, uh, and, and when you really delve into this, and you look at the book of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and you really delve into it. Here's what you see. And what I want to do is go to 1 Peter 2.24. Go to 1 Peter 2.24. And let's look at this. And I want to just delve into this a little bit. Who himself, this is talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree or on the cross. You see... Himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the, on the cross, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. Now, now here's what we see that, that God has taken away from us. Okay? The Lord hath taken away. Well, let's see what the Lord hath taken away. Alright? He took out, he, we already saw that he took the handwriting of ordinances that was, was against us. He took that away. But then he himself, 
as you really study into Isaiah 53 and the, to these statements, what Jesus did, see, see, all the sins of mankind, yours and mine, everybody, but, but what he did is he took, he took your sins, my sins, he took our sin, he took them away from us. He took the punishment for those sins away from us. The Lord hath taken away. Yeah, he's taken, he's taken away, all right? He's taken our sins. He took them away from us. The punishment for those sins, he took away from us and, and, and they were laid upon him in his own body on the cross and he bore the punishment for those sins for us. That's exciting. That's what the Lord has taken away. That's what he's taken away. He hasn't taken blessings away from us. He's taken cursings away from us. The Bible said Jesus became a curse when he hung on the cross. That curse was on us. And he came and he took that curse away from us. He, 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 he absolutely did. We were cursed. He was blessed. And, and he became a curse. You see, let me get this right. He was blessed. We were cursed. He became cursed so we could be blessed. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I'm going to say that again. He was blessed. We were cursed. He came and became cursed and took those cursings away from us so that we could be blessed. Isn't that wonderful? And he took it, he, he bore our sins. He took those sins away from us and the punishment for those sins and he bore those for us on Calvary's cross. Yeah, the Lord's taken some things away from us, all right? He took our sins away from us. Isn't that wonderful? He didn't take blessings away from us. He's taken cursings away from us. He has taken some things away. He's taken curses away. Glory to God. He bore our sin. He took the punishment for those sins away from us. But he didn't only do that. As you delve down into Isaiah 53 and into these verses, not only did he take the punishment for sins away, but he also bore our sicknesses and diseases in his own body on the cross. Isn't that wonderful? He, he bore our sickness and carried our disease. What has he taken away? Yeah, the Lord's taken some things away from us. He's taken sickness and disease away from us. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, that's exciting, isn't it? He's taken sickness and disease away from us. The Bible also says, I mean, that's worth dancing around just on that, isn't it? I mean, the sins first, sickness and disease second. Thirdly, the Bible says, book of Isaiah, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. He took away all of our mental malady. Glory to God. He took away from us all depression, all oppression, all mental problem. Isn't that wonderful? He bore that himself. And he took that away from us and bore it himself. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, that's exciting. I mean, I mean, he, he, he moved our, he re, the Bible says he removed our, he took our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west. Isn't that wonderful? Never to be remembered again. He, he took our sickness and disease away from us. He took our mental malady away from us. The Bible said he became poor so that we might be made rich. Isn't that wonderful? He, he took poverty away from us. That's a good thing, isn't it? And that rich doesn't mean he's going to make everybody a multi-million bazillionaire. It just means that everybody can have an abundant supply. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that wonderful? But he took, yeah, the Lord's taken some things away from us, all right? He's taken poverty away from us. We don't have to live in lack and barely get along if we'll follow his word and do what his word says. Can you say amen? Isn't that exciting? And so he took our place of punishment on the cross. That's a good thing to have taken away. All the Lord's taken away, implying that he takes blessings. No, he's taken curses away from us. Not blessings. He gives blessings. He takes away curses. That's exciting. And not only did he take away our place of punishment on the cross, but the Bible says in Acts the second chapter in the 27th verse that, that his, his soul or his spirit was not left in hell. You study the Bible out and if I had three or four hours I could go through and document Jesus went to hell after he died on the cross. He went to hell and suffered there also. He suffered on the cross. He also suffered in hell so that you and I wouldn't have to go there. He not only took our place on the cross but he took our place in hell and he took, he took away from us eternity in hell can anybody say amen? amen glory to God that's exciting there yeah. amen. I mean that that thrills me 
He took that. He took our place. He's taken, the Lord's taken things away. Yeah, he took away uh, our punishment in hell for eternity. Glory to God. That's a good thing, don't you think? He went to hell so that we, he went to the cross so we didn't have to go to the cross. And he went to hell so we don't have to go to hell. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Glory to God. That's good. That's good to have those things taken away. I just can't. I, I just can't. Can't say it enough. And then First Peter five seven. If that's not enough, it says, "Cast all your care upon Him, for He cares for you." Guess what else He wants to take away from you? All your anxiety and care. If you'll just cast it over on Him, He'll take all that away from you. The Lord, oh, Pastor Terry, the Lord has taken away. The Lord has taken away. What has he taken away? He's taken away. He's taken away our, our sins. He's taken away our sickness. He's taken away our disease. He's taken away our mental malady. He's taken away our poverty. Glory to God. He's taken away the, the, that, that we don't have to go to hell for eternity. And also on top of all that, if that's not enough, he's taken all our anxieties and all of our cares. Yes, he's taken away, taken that away from us. You see what he's taken away? You see, if you don't have this revelation, when that statement is made, the Lord taketh away, it almost paints God out to be somebody who'll steal candy from a baby. But God does not steal candy from babies. You understand that? You understand that? He gives blessings and he takes curses. Is this blessing you as much as it is me? Glory to God. So let's conclude here by going back to Job. Job, as I said, did not know what we know. Job did not know John 10.10, where Jesus said, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. See, Job didn't know that. He didn't have a revelation of that. See, what has Jesus come to give us? He came to give us life and life in abundance, you see. But what does the devil do? The devil comes... To steal, to kill, and to destroy. You see, in the life of Job, now listen carefully as I close. It was not the Lord taking things away from Job. It was the devil. And if you read the first chapter or two of the book of Job, it's very clear. The Bible says Satan struck Job. Satan did it. God didn't strike him. Satan struck him. And the Bible even calls the devil's name. Right there in the book of Job and says Satan was the one that did it. God was not the one that struck Job. The devil was the one that, that struck him. It's clear, as clear as, as clear as a bell. But you see, I think it's also clear that God was exalting Job to the devil. If you read that, remember when, when, when Satan came up around, around God, uh, God said, have you considered my servant Job that there's none like him in all the earth? Remember that? And then the devil said, yeah, but if he, but I'll put it in my own words. He's only serving you because of all the blessings and all the goodies that you've given him. That's the only reason he's serving you. Because of the great hedge you put around him and, and the great blessings in his house has increased and all that. That's the only reason, God, that Job's serving you. And God said, well, I'm going to show you that if he didn't have any of that devil, he'd still serve me. And when all that was taken away from Job at the devil's hand of attack, Job still served God anyway. And didn't. the Bible says he didn't sin with his lips or accuse God wrongfully. Amen. Can you say amen to that? God was telling the devil that Job will serve me no matter what the circumstance, whether he's blessed or not. But then somebody comes in and says, yeah, but God allowed the devil to strike Job. Do you see how people are always trying to get the finger pointed at God somehow or another? Well, God allowed it. God allowed it. Do you see that? I've dealt with those kind of people over all these years. They always want to put the, they always want to put the blame on God. Didn't I just read to you for the last 30 minutes all the good stuff God does and all and all the good he's given us and takes away the bad and gives the good. I mean, but but people always are trying to always put the finger on God. You need to avoid those kind of people. 
I said you need to avoid those kind of people. God is a good God and he's good all the time. And even when he judges and has to judge, I believe that that there's a tear in his eye, but he's doing it out of love, if you really understand when he judges. And he doesn't like to judge, he doesn't want to judge, and he only does it, I think, as a last resort when there's no other way. So you say then, Pastor Terry, why did God... Because these people will never go away. Why did God allow the devil to strike Job? One can only, only speculate, only speculate as to why God allowed it. I don't really know the reason why. I said, I don't really know the reason why. Some people say, well, because Job said the thing I greatly feared came upon me. I'm, look, I, I'm not willing to say that's the, that's the, that's the 100% reason. There are faith teachers that say it's cause, cause he had fear in his life. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of things I've watched people fear over the many years that never came on them. So I'm not willing to take that one sentence in a, about a 42 or 43 chapter book and say that's the reason. I think God allowed it because he was saying, look, devil, I've got somebody here that's going to serve me no matter what, whether he's blessed or whether he's not. This man loves me for me, not for the blessings. Amen. And God showed the devil that that was true and that was right. Yes. Amen. So I don't know for 100% why God did allow it. I don't know. We can only speculate, but I do know this. I know that in Job 42, verse 10... The Bible says the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. And the Bible says the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Glory to God. We're talking about the Lord giving and the Lord taking away. We see the end of Job that God gave him twice as much as the devil stole. You must understand this. God is the good one and the devil is the bad one. Don't ever leave that point of theology. Don't ever let anybody get you off of that. Don't ever let anybody tell you that sometimes God isn't really all that good. God's always good all the time. Can you say amen? And the devil's always bad all the time. And God is always giving good things and blessing and helping. That's what God is all about. He's good all the time. He's come to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. But the devil is the stealer, the killer, and the destroyer. John 10.10, don't ever come off of that. Because if you do, you'll wind up somewhere down the road in error. Can you say amen? God is good all the time and the devil's bad all the time, period. Game, set, and match. And I, I'm getting a little excited here. It's the power of God. It's the anointing of God. It's a good thing. People need this, this anointing. They need this. It's encouraging. It'll uplift you. It'll help you. It'll break yokes off of you. Glory to God. It'll destroy bondages in your life. I'm telling you, the, the fire of God coming out across the pulpit, you see, is what God intends to, 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 to that fire of God to hit you and lick things off of you that don't need to be there and instill things in you that do. Glory to God. Can you say amen? There's a blessing that you get through this that you just can't get any other way. The preached, anointed, Word preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And so he gave Job twice as much as he had before. That's, that's God. Yeah, Job had a bad year. So what? Haven't you had a bad year? He had a bad year, but God restored to him everything and gave him twice as much as he had before. That's God. And then in verse 12, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than in his beginning. And in verse 16, after this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. That's pretty good, don't you think? And the Bible says in verse 17, So Job died old and full of days. Glory to God. Praise God. And if Job, I'm convinced, knew what we know, what we have access to, he wouldn't have made the statement, the Lord has taken away. He wouldn't have said that. But we shouldn't say it. Let's don't ever let us say it. The Lord has, he, He's given us blessings, but He's taken them away. Has this helped you with that? Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. The only thing God's taken away is bad stuff. Amen. And look at this. A lot of people don't even know this is in the Bible. In James 5.11, look at this. 
Because the New Testament gives us game, set, and match. Gives us the final determining thing that we need to know about Job. In James 5.11, it says, You have heard of the, per, the, the patience of Job. Now watch this. Here's what you need to get. And seen the end intended by the Lord. See, that's what we need to get. Out of that whole that massive book of Job, this is the main lesson we're supposed to get. The New Testament tells us. The end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very what? Compassionate and merciful. That's what we need to get. That God is a giver, not a taker. Insofar as what I mean by that is he, he, doesn't, take, he doesn't take good things away, as that statement implied. Lord, give the Lord take it away. He doesn't take good things away. So what's the conclusion? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. The Lord giveth what? Good things and he taketh away bad things. He's a giver of the good and he takes away the bad. He's a giver, not a taker. He doesn't take bad things. I'm sorry, he doesn't take good things away from us. He takes bad things. You get anything out of this? So stand with me if you would. As they come right before they shut me off. If you're out there, I just want to just give you a real brief review. God is a giver. He's not a taker. And what I mean by that, he doesn't take good things away from us. He takes bad things away. I want to get that through to you. I just feel there's people out there, you've never heard anything quite like this, this kind of a message. But God is a giver, not a taker. He gives blessings. He doesn't take blessings away. What he takes away is bad things and cursings. Did you get that? Repetition is the seed of learning. God is a giver of the good and he takes away the bad. He doesn't take away good things from us. He takes bad things away. Did you get that? Is that clear now? Everybody got that? God does what? He gives good things. He's a giver, not a taker. He gives good things. I'm repeating this because there's somebody needs to get this out there watching on social media. He gives, he's a giver, not a taker. He gives good things. He doesn't take good things away from you. He only takes bad things away from you. I think you've got it. I feel a release in my heart. I think you've got it. See, you've got to say things to people over and over again. I've learned this for them to really get it. And he's a giver of the good, and he's a taker away of the bad. Amen. Praise God forevermore. He didn't put that sickness and disease on you. The devil put it on you, but God will take it away from you. He didn't kill. Somebody needs to hear this. He didn't, God didn't kill your little child. He didn't take your child in their youth. God gets blamed for baby killing a lot. God's not a baby killer. The devil's a baby killer. There's somebody out there, I know, I know it by the Spirit. You're watching and you think, you think God took your child. You think God took your child. You think God took him in that tragedy. But God didn't kill your baby. The devil killed him or her. The devil did it. God didn't do it. The devil did it, not God. There's a lot of people that are mad at God. There's a lot of people that are angry at God. They're mad at God. There's a lot of people that don't serve God anymore. Because something happened in their life. And they thought God did it. They thought God did it. They thought God stole something from them. They thought God took something away from them. They thought God caused it. But God, I'm telling you, there's people that that have laid their Bibles down and walked away from churches. Because they're mad at God. Because they think he killed their baby or he stole this or that or the other from them. Took it away from them. But God didn't do it. I'm here today by the Holy Ghost telling you God didn't do it. Say, why did it happen? I don't know why it happened. I don't know. 
But I know this, God didn't do it to you. The devil got in somehow or another and stole it from you and killed and stole and destroyed. So, so, look, this is a perfect time. You've got revelation now. Listen to me. Listen carefully. Come, come to a point here now where you know God didn't do that to you. He didn't do it. He didn't take it away. I don't know all the reasons why things happen, but God didn't do it. He's not to blame. The devil's the one to blame. So you come back to God now. You pick your Bible back up. You pick your Bible back up. And you get back in the house of God. You ever notice what Jesus did when word came to him that John the Baptist, who was his, I believe his cousin, had been beheaded? Remember Herod had John's head cut off? Remember that? And Jesus loved John very much. You look and see what Jesus did. If I'm not mistaken, I think he pulled aside for a while. You know, we all need some time to heal. But then he went out. Jesus went. He never blamed the Heavenly Father. He never said to the Heavenly Father, Oh, Father, why did John, why did you allow John's head to be cut off? No, he never did. Jesus, I think he took a little time, time aside. We all need that time. But then he went out with the power of God, if I'm not mistaken, he went out with the power of God and he started healing people Amen. and blessing people. Amen. So it's time now for you to say, okay, God didn't do this to me. He's not at fault. God never has done anything wrong. God didn't do this to me. It was the devil. And now I'm going to pick my Bible back up. I'm going to get back in the church where God wants me to be in. And I'm going to go and I'm going to be a blessing. And I'm going to help people. I'm going to bless people. And when the devil rears his ugly head, I'm going to resist him in the name of Jesus. And do what Jesus did. Go out and start helping people. Amen. I didn't intend this last five or eight minutes. None of this was intended or planned. This was the Holy Ghost ministering to people out there on social media and anybody in this room that needed to hear it. So I trust we've been a blessing to you today. If you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus, call on him right now. And in a moment's time, faster than I can snap my finger, if you call on him in faith with a repentant heart, you'll get saved. He'll give you salvation. And he'll take hell away from you. If you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, say, Jesus, come into my life. I receive you now that fast. He's given you eternal life and he's taken hell away from you that quick. And then you serve God. Hey, thanks for watching me today. I hope you've been encouraged. God bless you. Bye bye.